intrepid architects out there, if you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass all the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hi there, welcome back to Architecting, the show that celebrates you, the architect as a person. So I've been feeling pretty strongly lately that I'm really transitioning into a completely new phase in my career. I've done this stuff, finally, right? I've made partner, been elevated to fellowship in two organizations. I'm president this year of a national organization, and I'm treasurer of our local AIA chapter. Check, 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 right? And you're thinking, happy for you, but why are you telling me this? Well, no matter where you are in your career, I think this exploration of phases is an important one to think about, to play with, to know, to transcend, which is really the focus of what I want to talk about today. I've been really playing with this guru on the hill kind of mentality, and I have to say it's really fun. When you play sage, you can kind of disconnect from your emotional attachment to projects, from a need to prove anything to anyone. And that really helps focus on the bigger picture, on being wise about things instead of reactive. It's not like everything's always perfect when you adopt that point of view. Just recently, we had a big sad on a project where the budget, which had already been cut quite a bit, got cut again. And it feels so discouraging for the whole team because you think, what else is left? The soul of this project is being cut out of it. In these kind of moments, these dark night of the soul kind of feelings on projects that we all have, where we feel so dispirited and so disheartened, and how could this happen, and why even bother? In those moments, I need to look for what I call the bigger container. I could, and I do for a bit anyway, wallow in how unfair the situation is, right? How could they do that? Why did this happen? It's not fair. But the key to making a difference in this world as architects is transcending all of that petty stuff and getting back in alignment with your purpose on saying, what am I here to do and how can I be of service in this moment in this project? Might not look like what I thought it would look like at the start of the project, but there still is something that only I can bring. How can I do that? How can we make it the best it can be? It can be hard sometimes, but I assure you, whenever the issues on a project feel bigger than the room you're in, and it feels so heavy in that moment, I guarantee you, probably by next year, next month, even next week, you won't care as much. You'll get over it unless you let it define you. So that's what brought me to this idea of exploring the OG architect with you today. 
that person who has seen it all, been through it, knows how to innovate, and how did they get there? What was that path of becoming? And what a lot of people don't understand when they feel frustrated and stuck is that there really are three aspects to a career. The first one is core competency, which those are the things you must be able to do. Then there's interests, the things you want to learn more about and maybe explore through a project. And then the big one, the defining one that caps your career, thought leadership. So let's go through them and really explore the differences among each of these aspects. You've heard me talk before about the compulsories, right? And that's really what core competency is all about. I, for example, do not currently, nor do I hope to ever do construction documents or CA. I have done it. I know I don't enjoy it at all. However, does that mean I couldn't do it? No, I'm an architect. If I was part of a team and I had to do CDs, I could hold my own. No one on my project team would hate me. I could be competent. Am I exceptional at doing CDs? Is anyone going to say, we want her on our team drawing details? Hell no. But am I competent at that? Yes. So that's where core competencies are. Some things we might enjoy more than others, but they're skills we have to have. No excuses. Then there are interests. And interests are kind of interesting because it's another way that people get lost. So I'll give you an example. I'm interested in sustainability. About uh, 14 years ago or so, right after my son was born, I even seriously considered getting LEED accreditation. I worked on a project that was a pilot green guide for healthcare project. I made two conference presentations and wrote an article about this project. However, when it came down to choosing between going for LEED accreditation or getting my evidence-based design credential, guess what I picked? Not LEED. Why? Because I realized I didn't need it that I didn't want to define my career through the sustainability path. Now, does that mean I lost interest or didn't care about sustainability anymore? No, it means I just realized that for me, it was just that, an interest. The parts of sustainability that drew me in to want to learn more about it were actually It's links to wellness and things like biophilia and the idea of resiliency and restoration coming through the built environment. That fascinated me. And I think that's why I was drawn to it as an interest. But that interest ultimately helped me see my true passion and helped illuminate ways that another interest of mine, which was social and cultural impacts in the built environment, could work together. And then came the thought leader leap, that aspect of your career where you get the greatest clarity. And that's what I do now. It's where I spend my time and my effort. It's why people want me on projects and what wins projects. 
is I am an expert at the design of restorative and healing environments. That's it. That's my passion. That's what always has and always will show up in any project I work on. And that, as a result, is where I invest my time, where I pour hours, I go after the continuing education in this area, I do research, do networking to build up my knowledge base, all of that. And that, that is that moment, that clarity. Yes, you have to have the core competencies. And yes, you're going to have lots of interests. But when you can look at where your interests intersect, that's where you find your alignment with your true purpose. And that is what you build your thought leadership on. That is your rock solid foundation. I realized I am a space shaman, which is totally ironic because my father was a doctor and his fondest wish was that either my sister or I, maybe even both of us bonus, would become doctors like him. And for me, this was like completely out of the question, right? Blood, guts, and sick people, yuck. No way. Bless his heart. My dad, he was persistent. He even tried to steer me medical-ish when he saw my true interests were things like art and design. And he was like, well... Maybe you want to think about being a medical illustrator. Uh, no, dad. My sister was the same. She kind of did the run far, run fast away from med school too. So here we are today. We're all baked and done in our careers. I'm an architect and she's an attorney. But guess what? We're both in the world of healthcare. She's the HR director for a nursing home and assisted living facility. And me? My entire career has been built on exploring ways to make people better. And I've been spending the second half of my career designing healthcare facilities. And I just think, oh my God, if my dad were alive today, he'd be cackling about how things turned out. I am actually recording this episode on his birthday, would have been his 90th birthday. So I'm sure he is helping to download some of this. But Seriously, what I didn't know then when I was in resistance, and maybe he didn't know it either, was that, no, I wasn't called to be a doctor. I have no regrets about not going to medical school. But my dad had the wisdom to transcend the details of interests and begin to align passions. I didn't always appreciate my dad's wisdom at the time, but literally every piece of advice he ever gave me, it's come true, including his famous line, everything happens for a reason. And when I would hear that back then, and it was usually said to me as a response for me fuming about how disappointed I was about not achieving something I wanted, I wanted to choke him. Everything happens for a reason. Really, Dad? Really? But he was right. When we don't get what we think we want, it's usually because something even better is waiting for us. Because there wasn't the alignment that we wished was there, really wasn't there. It was magical thinking on our part. And we just have to see that. What my dad saw was that I was a healer. 
maybe not of the physical body like he was, but he could see that the sensibility to make people better ran strong in me. And that is my gift, my purpose. I express it as an architect, but even that is not the only way I can live my purpose. I'm connecting with all of you on this podcast, not because it enhances my job as an architect, but because it's a form of healing what upsets or torments you and what's wrong with our profession and helping to realign you with your purpose. That's healing. I express it in my work as a feng shui practitioner. Yes, I do that too. Because it aligns with my purpose. I have to tell you, when I get an opportunity to go to someone's home or business and help them clear their space and arrange it to support their intentions, it feels so good. I really can see the link between the space that they are in and the problems in their life that they're trying to solve. It's so obvious. It's so apparent to me. And that's not just because... I studied and learned something and got the compulsories down. It's not just because I was interested in feng shui. It might have started that way, but it's because this idea of healing is part of how I'm built. And it's just one more way that I'm expressing it. In case you're wondering, none of anything I'm saying to you right now was clear to me until a few years ago. And what happened a few years ago? I started putting together fellowship applications. I mean, I knew what I was interested in. Sure, I could have told you, yeah, I like this about being an architect. But when I had to actually excavate everything I'd ever done, my whole life's work, and put it all out there, and I could see it all together, I really got an appreciation for all of the convergences in my career, even my architecture education, I could see for the first time so clearly that everything, everything I've ever done, every interest I've ever had was centered around helping people be their best selves. Now, did I have to be an architect to do this? Well, not necessarily, as you can see through all my other passion projects. But when I'm architecting, I'm also channeling, and it's something higher than myself. Now, maybe not everybody gets to that place, but you cannot ever get there. You don't even have a chance of getting there unless you are so deeply connected with your why that you just bring it every day on every project, even the mundane things even the things that don't seem fair, even the things that you think, I'm never going to put this one in my portfolio. Bring it. In every way you live your life, bring it. You have to be committed, which means it's also so, so authentic for you to express yourself and live your life this way and practice architecture this way. I bring this up because I think we can all smell the bullshit of someone playing at thought leadership, the pretension that's there, the 
need to use technical jargon to speak in this overcomplicated, intellectualized way instead of connecting people. Being a thought leader isn't about showing off what you know. It's about making a difference in the way only you can. And for just that reason, some people will kind of think thought leader, that's a cringy term. And I don't. I don't because that's what it truly means to do more than just acquire expertise. Thought leadership is transcendence. It's taking what you're interested, aligning it with your passions, and then, then having a point of view around that knowledge that you advocate around. And that is the difference. And this brings me to the next thing that I wanted to explore about the OG architect, because she is not just a thought leader. She is an advocate. She has that point of view. She owns it. And she's using that to make a difference. When we start thinking about advocacy, it is really, really easy to be down for the struggle, right? Because there are all kinds of burning issues in our world that need attention. People are suffering. There are wrongs that need to be righted. There are things to be done and our work could never be complete. There's so much to do. What can often trip people up is they get caught up in this idea of the struggle, of the fixing of things, of the focus on what's wrong. And as one of my beloved yoga teachers used to say about doing yoga poses was, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it feels good, do more of it. That is a really much bigger than you might realize life lesson. If you are aligned with your purpose and you are speaking your truth you don't have any desire to fight or to convert. You simply want to get your message out there and make a difference. Those who hear your message can freely choose to follow you and join your cause, and they will. But there's no coercion in this. There is no fighting because it's never your fight. When your reaction to things not going your way or people opposing what you're trying to do happens, it's just taking you out of alignment. And then you're spinning, you're angry, you're now in judgment. As we move into the role of the OG architect, as we move into owning it and being a badass, don't worry about pulling others into your alignment. It's not worth what that's going to do to your energy. And bringing high energy, bringing positivity and illumination to your issue, your purpose, your cause, the way you are going to make a difference in the world is your highest purpose. Don't get dragged down by others' energy or by opposition to you. And I know that is way easier to say than do. I get triggered all the time by all kinds of things. What I have to do 
in those moments is to stop and to say, it's not about me. That person's opposition is about them. And it's not my job to convert other people. And that might seem contradictory, right? How can we change the world and help people if we're not going to fix them? We change the world by spreading our knowledge and our information and being willing to help people. We don't change the world by trying to convert people to our cause. We don't change the world by fighting against things, but by finding ways to support what needs to happen. That is how we do it. And that is what we are all called to do as we move forward in our careers and become that expert, that innovator, that mentor, is to show the way for others, not to drag them across the finish line. Finally, be so generous with your knowledge and your wisdom. And you might think, what wisdom? I'm way too early in my career. Trust me, you are not. Even if you know just 10% more than someone else, you can be a beacon for them and you can help to guide them because we are all in this together. How is someone else going to feel like they have permission to change the world if no one will mentor them? If everyone feels unworthy and too busy, where would we be? Just to let you know, you know I'm busy, right? But when I have an opportunity to help, I always say yes. And it can be a lot of fun. Like the time I had an opportunity to do a portfolio review and give resume advice to a Uyghur student going to grad school in Italy. And it's been fun to keep track of his career. I'm recently being contacted by an MBA student who wanted to know more about the business of architecture. And then there are the mentorship opportunities. The AIA just recently asked me if I would mentor a student who received an AIAS CRIT scholarship who wants to study healthcare design, which is cool. And she's even from Carnegie Mellon, my alma mater. So double win for her there, right? Um, I'm also going to be helping a graduate research assistant at Kent State who asked me to be her mentor through her final semester project. And there's other ways you can help too, right? I always make myself available to serve on boards and committees for local nonprofits and professional organizations. And I've done that for my whole career, not just now, not just recently. I've heard a lot of people when this subject comes up of being engaged and giving back, use the excuse that they don't have time. But I want you to stop and think about your own career. What would have happened if the people who mentored you opted out? I'm willing to bet that those people were super busy themselves. See, when you say I'm too busy, it's just another way that you're playing small. We make time for the things that matter to us, and we make excuses for everything else. If you catch yourself making excuses about being in service, what you really need to do is ask yourself why you don't think that this matters enough. Because it does. It's at least as important as taking your kid to soccer practice or binge watching your favorite series on Netflix, right? 
And this is the world we're talking about. And its fate rests at least partly in your hands and my hands and each one of our hands. Your ability to make a difference matters. So remember, be generous with your time. I hope you found this episode helpful, no matter where you are in your career path, even if you just graduated and you're thinking, how in the world does this apply to me? So not there right now. It's okay. What matters is that at every point in your career, you understand the difference between your competencies and your interests, and that you start to be the person who observes the patterns, the way that your interests in every part of your life, because this is a lifestyle, not a job, not a career. How does everything in your life starting to align? How is that showing you the way? How can you start to filter the opportunities you choose to take and the ones you seek out based on that? Over time, you will become the expert. You will become the sage and the guru who is sought out for what you can do. You will have shown a path for others. Your message will be out there. And that's all you need to do. Every day I wake up, I only ask that I am in alignment to live my purpose that day. Sometimes alignment with my purpose looks like maybe I managed to get to the grocery store and do a load of laundry, but I napped all day. And that's okay, because I needed to recharge. Some days being aligned in my purpose means writing an article mentoring someone, and being in meetings all day. It doesn't have to look the same every day. It doesn't have to mean that every day you're achieving some huge milestone. All it means is every day you are willing to surrender. You are willing to be open and available to the opportunities in front of you, including opportunities to rest and recharge. That will put you in your highest energy level so that you really truly can be the light you are in this world to be. And I know you can do it. I know that all of you, every single one of you has unique gifts and you became an architect for a reason and you are going to make a difference. You can do it. You just have to start connecting the dots for yourself and finding that clarity and then you know what to focus on. You know how to make a difference. You don't have to wonder anymore or wait for someone else to give you the chance or show you the way. You can make it for yourself because you'll know what to do. It will be that clear. If you liked what I had to say today, if you know anyone else who you think really needs to hear this message. Maybe they're going through a dark night of the soul and feeling really discouraged right now. Please, please share this podcast. I would love to have you share with me what you learned from this, ways I can help you further, how you are finding your purpose as an architect. Just take a screenshot of the podcast on your phone and post on Instagram at Architecting Podcast that screenshot and your thoughts, it is so helpful to others when you share your story. It helps them find their way as well. It helps us 
work together and form a community. And that is what I so want with Architecting Podcast. It's not about giving you 10 handy tips to win the next job. It's about you. It's about you being the best version of yourself you can possibly be. And I want that for everyone. I love you all. I will see you next time. And until then, stay inspired. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.